The first mistake rappers made was that we sold our music in Alaba. First mistake. That is not your market. You know, everything was rap, rap before. Like, I studied this thing. A lot of people just come in the game and they don't know anything. The It wasn't rap, rap before. I mean, everything was rap, rap before. Singers were trying to get on rappers' songs. You know, Tribesmen, Idris Abdukarim, Rugged Man. Do you understand? Wear them see, we can't even, Junior and Pretty, we can't even take it back. Do you understand? But, and then LD went to Alaba. Hello, guys. You're welcome to the Listening Sessions podcast, a show about the music industry, its players, and the game. My name is Obina Agu, music businessman and your host. Okay, so um, on this week's episode of the show, in usual listening sessions fashion we have an important player in the game a real og a cat with nine lives please welcome to the podcast this week a rapper's rapper record label executive owner event promoter entrepreneur a full-blooded hustler a very very important player as far as hip-hop goes in this country aq I, I didn't know I didn't know it was that important. Oh, like, you are. See, as this guy just <laughs> you are. Just and that's why you're on the show. Yeah, you know. I mean, more important people have come before me, but I'm here. You know, I mean, <laughs> come on. You're you're you're, you're just you, as you've important. You've had the I've had the biggest of of the biggest. No, no, no. I haven't had two phase yet, and um, I've been thinking. For Q, this how can session. you say no? Yeah. How can you say you are leaving the game? I mean. I, I, we need an AQ two face record at some point. I haven't no. made that. You should, man. No, I was asking, like, really, I haven't made that. You have? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I used to look towards making a record with two face. Well, that, that was way back. But, um, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you just, Say, am I allowed to curse? Of course. Fuck everybody. Hmm. Do you understand? I'm not. I'm not going to beg anybody to try to do a record with me or any stuff like that. Just go into the studio. How you feel? However, I will only feature somebody if, when I'm recording, the song says, "You need this guy." I'm not big on. Uh, oh, this guy is big, so I have to get him on the record. No. The song has to tell me. And I've had a couple of records that has, the, the records have screamed Two-Face in the past. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and he's a very humble guy. I think I've bumped into him uh, two or three times, you know. But that timing is, is what the problem is. You know, the time I see him, I probably don't have a record that, you know, I'm not just going to run into the studio and, make a record because yeah you know, i've seen him at gaga's place a couple times you know? i think it's only right that that um happens but i mean it um, might you know but it's not something that i'm i don't move like that i don't yeah. say especially when i'm making records the way the record comes and they always come in funny places so when the record comes i'll just record it and put it out there awesome yeah. awesome yeah. um aq the first time i became aware of you 
I was still in secondary school. I was watching, um, was it a Malgoli show or Music Africa? I mean, this is one of the reasons why I really respect you. Yeah, you know, because I know where I was at the time and you had a video. You had this video. First of all, was that even you? You were you were chasing people around. You were. I was working. You out. were working I this, out. I had this fifty cents. Yeah. Motivation at that time. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I I I saw that video then, and I don't know if that was um your first single or was I, I still that was my first part? single ever released. How old yeah. were you at the time? Seventeen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Seventeen. Uh, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. We shot that video ourselves with a camcorder. You know, um, had a guy that was just playing around with um, what do you call it, Adobe, and you know, I can do this green screen stuff. Oh, we can you know, we can just mess around. All we need is a camcorder. Found a guy that shoots weddings. Hmm. <laughs> Got a cam, rented his camcorder, went went out and and made the video. You know, and then I went to what's her name? Joke Jaisimi. Joke Jaisimi, yeah. Beautiful woman. Like I was young, but <laughs> you, know, you know. So I went to submit the video. And naturally you're supposed to just drop the video at the reception, but I submitted the video and it did not play. You know, I like I was watching Music Africa. I'm like, my video is better than these videos. And what's going on? So I went back to the place after like a week and I went into the control room and she was like, you didn't submit it in the right format. And I didn't even know the format that they submit videos. And I was like, I was like, what format? She was like, tell him to use a firewire. The guy, somebody that was there messing with Adobe, did not even know how to, what a firewire is. So we just kept burning it in different, you know, ways and everything. But the problem was that we were burning it to a CG and then putting it on tape. We were supposed to take it to tape directly, you know. So and she didn't want to tell me like every 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 day I was coming back there like yo, <laughs> this thing has to work. Like you have to, you know. I think they almost called security on me because every day I was there. <laughs> and then um, one day the guy went to work. And he heard somebody say firewire. Hmm. And he was like, What's that? I've heard, you know, and they explained they explained it to him is um direct from computer to uh camera. So he was like, Yo, I think I bring bring the tape to me. I think I understand what this lady's talk. He wasn't really sure. We are still not sure. And he did it that way. And I took the tape and she was like, uh-huh. <laughs> right in front of me, she killed it. You know, to play and she gave it. I wish, I wish the music can reset to those times. You know, she gave it the airplay that it deserved. You know, no payola, no nothing. I remember seeing that video. I was like, ah, who is this dude, man? He's playing a, a, and this dude is so angry, day. man. Like he's yeah. he's he's coming for everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, I was ang- I was really angry because I was I was with a label, and the label didn't do much for me. Hmm. Um, I was there for years and young now, but just feeling like, yo. Um, I, I started rapping when I was 12 or even younger. You know, just being with the label, while I was at that label, like everybody thought that that was going to be the the spot, you know, so everybody used to come there from 
6-0 to K-Show to even Rugged Man popped in at the point. That time, OJB had not kicked off anything. So that, that was supposed to be the spot, you know. Hmm. Cage got, came into the label, GX. Um, I, think, I think you might know him as O'Shady. He used to make clothes. Yeah, He's late yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's so rest in peace. Mozart, that's the guy that I learned a lot from. Oh, my guys in Seoul, everybody, you know. Because it was actually somebody that brought me in. Somebody that I used to rock with Mozart and it was like, yo, there's this label there. They are getting us on board. And, you know, that time, nobody was hoarding information. Nobody was like, ah, let me not tell anybody that I'm... They wanted more people in. And the guy was like, I think this guy will like your music. Come over and everything. And the guy liked my music. So I was like, number one artist on, on the label. But apparently the guy was just taking our music to Yankee and just doing whatever with it. And we didn't know what was going on. So he'll go for a long time, come back. We would have recorded for the span that Rhymezo de Gusto was the engineer. Yeah. Heavy metal, heavy metal. No, it wasn't. Me- okay. it wasn't heavy metal. But I, 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 I know you are no G too. So <laughs> you know the places. You know Rhymezo de Gusto for a long time was this engineer. So when the guy was around, he was the one you know engineering. But when he had to travel, he employed he employed um, Rhymezo, and mm. then you know we'll record. The guy will come and. You know, come back again, give us clothes, all of that, you know, give us petty advance, <laughs> you know. Ah, you bore that time. If you have baby, you know, then the guy will travel again with all your records. And then you, the guy will keep telling you, you have to record more records. I'm like, what What happened to all the rec- records that I, that I recorded last time, you know? So we felt like he was selling the records. And then, you know, OJB... So rest in peace. I'm just calling these names and you know it's just just sad. Because these guys changed the music industry. May so rest in peace. OJB started um Point Beats. No, it's, it was called Silver Point. Silver Point. Yeah. I should actually be in the press, music press. Silver Point. I, I followed everything. Like yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. You know. Started Silver Point. Because I Larry was the hub, yeah. and you're a Larry. The first act was the hub first. Okay, yeah. yeah where you had um, um, what is their what was their name again? Uh, shit, I've forgotten. Devil Clan. Devil Clan. Records. Yeah, and 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 all those other guys, Rough Rugged and Rodney, yeah. first act boys. So, yeah. so um, Surule was trying to snatch it from this. Thing. OJB started. Uh, so I now left that label, and I I now wanted to. Pots, you know, and them niggas won't let me <laughs> let me in. I was like, but when I was here, you guys used to come, you know, we eat roasted yam and fish together. Together. <laughs> now y'all, y'all niggas won't let me in. So, I'll, and that time, um, I was, you know, still, you know, LD was doing his thing, you know. Um, I had a friend that knew Timmy, uh, the black one, nice guy. Timmy, the black one, is yeah. actually a really nice guy. He put me on his um first project this if i this thing is going to be long just ask me the question <laughs> you you there you be listening to like like a student of the game it's going to be long well know. but that's why it's a podcast but hey i get you so um Eke, what was the music scene like in Suleri back then i i, I know it used i to think be, these questions that yeah, i'm saying it's major. answered all of it so uh, he, he, yeah, you, but I'll just you, continue from where I stopped this yeah, one. So yeah, yeah. you know, Silver you Point. It by the way, yeah, so now it's, it's like, like yeah. Silver Point was like the 
the hub, like you called it. Everybody used to come to, you know, OGB just used to drive in and, you know, get into the studio. You're not allowed in the studio unless you're working. So everybody hangs around the studio. Um, Naughty Pin, um, A Bounce, uh, Jaffa, I'm getting their names, um, Sixo and Kesho, uh, Rugged Man, Nomulus. May so rest in peace. Um, all those guys there, you know, a lot of rappers, rappers from, you know, Suruleri, Festac. I think I, I think I saw in six there once. I think he's, I think he's staying Eric Moore. So can't really remember, you know. So you just come and then it's either a battle going on or, um, or they're passing it, you know, 16, 16, 16. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody drops a crazy bar and everybody goes, whoa. You know, so uh, that's that was basically... Sue was more of a rapper ground. Hmm. You know, there were a lot of rappers. There were a lot of battles. I was a battle MC at, at that point. Um, I battled a lot of cats. <laughs> you know, I don't want to say their names. <laughs> but the, I think one of the... What would be... What would I call a significant battle for me? You know, a lot of these guys are not rapping anymore, so it doesn't even make yeah. uh, sense. I think uh, the only guy that I battled that is still... And it wasn't a battle-battle. It was like, who has the hardest 16? Go 16, go 16, go 16, go 16. But I think we ended up doing it for close to three hours. And then my CEO at the point now was now like, this thing is going too long. You kick <laughs> your hardest 16 and you kick your hardest 16. So I, I, I kicked one 16 that was like... um um. That was that was like Nas, you know, when he compared himself to a six foot prison. You know, I was comparing myself to a permanent tattoo. Let me see whether I can remember it. I'm like a permanent tattoo on your body. Let me expand shade. Some I remain there, as in everything yeah. you're doing, I'm seeing, I'm just there. Do you understand? You you forget that I'm there a lot of times, but I'm there, I'm attached to your skin, you know. Um and that was one of my best verses. I used to use it to and then Tito kicked a, a really good verse. But here, here is the surprising thing, you know. Even uh, even though Tito, you know, he did something that was very, when I say silly, let me just let me just put it by the side. Recently, but that's still my man, you know. He he kicked a verse, and the verse was really good. And then there was something in the verse that I caught, but I didn't catch it well. So when everything was over. Do you understand? I was like, ah, that, that, you said something. So he said he can't remember. I was like, you can't. He said he freestyled that verse. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so I thought about it like a freestyle, you know, going against one of my dopest written <laughs> verses. That was impressive. Yeah, yeah that was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so but, um, obviously there was no social media back then. So what was the path to blowing up for an artist during that period? Uh, I, I think for for street credibility was was a, a lot of you know because I, I think that's why even nice and two-faced had that song because word of mouth was the you know i was just walking somewhere based on what i've done and you, know, you just hear somebody say i know this guy now ah, that song now so uh, this guy told me about you i think word of mouth was um the way people really yeah. got across. And then um, radio, 
you know um but i think the real thing was that before you get on radio you know people oaps and you know would have heard about you you know so i think it was word of mouth hmm. that was practically the i mean that's what how did we we didn't have internet now how do yeah. we know when nasa dropped an album or jay-z had dropped an album exactly. one person for dead could only call one person say then that person could start to spread the the whole gossip and you know all of that so we we with um digital and the internet now do you do 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 you find that um good old legwork and word of mouth has now been relegated to the side i mean is it important to just sit behind your phone and your computer and just push the music and that's all it depends on your strategy and it depends on the brand of the artist you know you can totally just use social media if you're good at it no need to go social media to me. you, you somebody just you just described it as sitting in front of your phone but is is broader than that you know is way broader than that so if you understand social media and when i say understand social media is like if you're going to take it as a course it's going to be like four very big books mm-hmm. so it's not just sitting in front of you yes phone, yeah. yes i know um, but like like the whole networking part the whole hopping on stage part yeah. the whole uh, meeting all i don't artists, i don't believe that all those things are necessary people. anymore okay because soon you're you're probably going to have sex dolls performing to you as strippers you know <laughs> and even if you know that they are sex dolls they will not move like human beings but you know um they will you'll be impressed so you're already having um what do they call it those uh those projections mm-hmm. they have a, a name for it like the tupac uh, yeah you're already having that so how the artists they just want to hear the music you just want to vibe you know the artist's presence is really not like before when Michael Jackson steps on stage and people are dying and people are fainting because um, they've demystified the artist. Social media has demystified the artist. So people already know what you're about. Hmm. You know, people know almost everything about you. you. So I was telling somebody like, I was having a chat with a person and I was des- describing the person and the person said, but you have never met me. And I was like, when you write, there is a tone to it. I can tell if you have a temper. Yes. By I can tell if you're mysterious. There are a lot of things I can tell from just reading your tweets because you're writing and I have to read it in a certain tone. Mm-hmm. So um, as I'm reading it in that tone, that is your tone. I can tell if you're screaming. I can tell if you're angry. I can, I can tell the emotion behind that you know and if you're always tweeting in a certain way then i can come to a conclusion that you know and even without me just knowing this right people you know the brain the brain doesn't have borders basically mm-hmm. so it's, there are a lot of things the brain captures that you don't even know is capturing so people read in tones and they they understand who you are you're posting pictures you're do you understand sometimes very talented people can put up your facade of um who they are but um basically the artist has been demystified now is more it's like the more they know you the more numbers you do so um i don't think i know it is disappointing coming from me but i don't think all those things that we grew up feeling was what the music business should be about 
I don't think it, it matters anymore. Kendrick Lamar is a great performer. Drake is an average performer. He's still a bigger artist than Kendrick Lamar. Because Drake just, you know, Kendrick Lamar will give you all those stunts and all those things. Drake just picks up a mic and goes on stage and, it, you know, they know his songs, you know, before he even starts it, they do it for, it to, for him start to finish. You don't have to move around so much. To me, 50 Cent was a terrible performer. He was so muscled up that he could not even move. <laughs> you know? but, but go, go. It, everywhere, don't scatter already, you know. I watched him perform here. And I'm looking at him and this guy is not even moving. When me, I, that time, hungry artist, you grab the mic, you run from one end of the stage to the other and you just keep going and all of that. I mean, we've seen very... But, but, but sometimes there, there, there are moments when um, you see an act you really like, mm -hmm. um, his or her song, come on stage and they don't bring it and, and you're disappointed. That's a thing. I mean, it depends... If the song is really popular, I do not think that if it's really big, I do not think that the average fans, you're not an average fan. Do you understand? Mm. A lot of people that, that tweet all this, um, that criticize all these things on Twitter, yeah. they're not average fans. So they look out for those things. And there are people like you and I that are, you know, 30 plus or close to 30 plus. You will not see a teenage 15-year-old, 16-year-old complaining about the performance. <laughs> they are just loving what is going just on. Just show up. Yeah, and they are the people that actually stream. They just want to see. You know, they just want to enjoy the ambience and everything. So, I mean, when you're in the music business and you start understanding all these things, I mean, I keep my values. I would like to sign an artist that can perform. But if an artist that can perform is not giving me that song, that, you know, song that everybody will like, please keep your performance to the side. <laughs> you that can't perform but can give me that song, sure. please you know, come on. <laughs> because, you know, as much as I hate to say it, that is what it, it has become. And I'm not saying that I'm glorifying it. You know, I'm not glorifying it. I'm just saying that you have to adapt. So if you can perform... You have to create strategy around your performance. You know, you might not be the biggest artist. Yeah. You know, if you can't make those songs. But if you can make those songs and you can perform, then that's a plus. Because, you know, you can tour, you can... I see a lot of artists that are crazy with the live band, hmm. you know. And it's just really unfortunate that I do... I think cavemen have been the first people to break that. But, you know, I hope that they... They, I mean, after a long time, after them Femi and when performance was the, yeah. you know, fella Femi, Lagbaja, Lagbaja was the real thing, you know. You know, you see somebody like Maka now that has crazy stagecraft when it comes to working with the live band and everything. And there, there are a lot of people like that. You know, you don't really see them go far. You know, I, I, you know, I think cavemen have. Because most of those songs that are on their projects, we don't hear them tired if they go stagemen, uh, mm -hmm. the cavemen mm -hmm. performances. But um, I would like to see them really make money of it. You know, I know it's the pandemic year and everything, but I hope that after the pandemic, yeah. they will really and, and And they're, they're, they're well on their way. And it's interesting that you mentioned cavemen. Um, their approach has been very interesting. Um, these guys have literally just been shutting down these small, small venues, small pubs, small bars, small, 
you know so it's like they just they are playing the long game and it it, it appears to 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 be working out for you know what i've learned about people saying i mean we had this a very short conversation about yeah. the long game coming up the stairs yeah People, a lot of people that say they play, the, they are playing the long game. Don't just really know what they are doing. They are just playing, and they just the only way to. I mean, I'm not saying that's their situation. Yeah. But in the music business right now, there is no long game. It's either you get it now or you don't get it at all. You know. So when I'm having conversation with people that have an opportunity in front of them, but they are waiting for the best offer. <laughs> I'm saying, I'll tell them, bro, better create strategy around this opportunity that you have and move, you know. Think about it. Remember the conversation I was having with Blackbones? I was like, the best thing we can do is just get a short contract. Do you understand? Put strategy around it. Once Blackbones Chocolate City contract is done, the next, the, the bag is going to be heavy. Mm-hmm. Next person that is taking them on, mm-hmm. you know. But you have to do your time. And, meeting Blackbones, he, he was a rapper, but look at what he has become. If he never got that opportunity, he would probably have still been a rapper because he wouldn't have seen that I need to make the music this way to really make more money. You know? So basically, if you rap, you you can't make money. You are, you I didn't are, say I said you are to make more money. Okay. You know, I mean, if you're a rapper... Mm you're at a disadvantage. It's clear. There's no rap culture here. The problem is not in if rappers are making great songs and that's why I started the coronation. Hmm. The problem is you need to build the culture. You need to make places where when people come to and rap is going on, they're excited about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I introduced battle rap and all of that thing. I'm Mm. a fan of rap but when I go into rap shows, and hear people just rapping all over the place. It's not exciting. Do you understand? Pretty girls are not going to come there and have fun. Yeah. You know, you want to create places where somebody can take his babe to, and I mean, a, a guy can take his babe to, and they'll both have fun. Because if they are going to any live band performance or any uh, any singer's performance, that good singer they're gonna have a really good time even mm-hmm. if they're not paying attention to the music but yeah. just cool music playing in the background and they're having dinner would be a good night out but imagine having dinner somebody's saying guess i fucked your way in the click click claim where you know just rapping all over the place it's noisy do you understand <laughs> you know and then we, rock music can be noisy rock music People is not that i was about to say that i was about to say you have not created the venues. Yeah. Do you understand? You have not. There is rock is a culture. Do you understand? There are tattoos. There are hair. There. Are, do you understand? So then, I'm going to this rock venue. Hmm. Where is the hip hop venue you're going to in Nigeria? Wow. Do you understand? So if you create these venues, and people can identify with it, yeah. but rap rappers keep playing in Afro beats and Afro pop circles. So you want to perform after Timaya. Is there something not wrong with you? So the only way is to make the music a little bit like Timaya's and then it's no longer rap. Do you understand? Because you're playing in their circle. It's a thing about confidence. Why is Timaya not saying, uh, then I need to make my own music to be a Because bigger, you're you know? in his circle. His fans are there. Your fans are not there. Because you have not created... The thing about... 
about pop music. Let me let me give you a brief history. Yeah. Right? The first mistake rappers made was that we sold our music in Alaba. First mistake. That is not your market. You know, everything was rap, rap before. Like, I studied this thing. A lot of people just come in the game and they don't know anything. The It wasn't rap, rap before. I mean, everything was rap, rap before. Singers were trying to get on rappers' songs. You know, Tribesmen, Idris Abdukarim, Rugged Man. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Where them see, we can't even, Junior and Pretty, we can't even take it back. Do you understand? But, and then LD went to Alaba. Sometimes I will never forgive him. (laughs) I tell myself like, you know, and they were moving records. But don't let anybody deceive you. They were not moving enough records. I had a conversation with KB. I think I'm permitted to say this. And KB said there was one day, you know, two shots who are still making his music in another way. They were going to a house where he just got for himself. And he was living next to Zulezu. So they saw the zoo, the twins. These guys were driving. You know what it is to drive SUV that time? They, you know, I remember when Rugged Man got his Tuareg or something. The news spread so Everywhere. far and wide. Do you understand? <laughs> These guys were driving SUVs at that time. Do you understand? So don't let anybody deceive you. It felt like rappers were doing numbers. I did my research. They were not doing numbers. They were covering up everything with shows, branding and everything. When that market that was, when the music that was originally made for that market hit that market, rappers stopped being the conversation. So when them P-square, when them nice, when them all, when, because that market is made for, was Sonny Ade, you know, you know when you are at the boss park and they're trying to sell you tapes, do you understand? Um, Oliver the Coke, those yellowy blue tapes, yeah. do you understand? That almost look like gospel music. Gospel music and all of that. When the music that was originally made for that market hits that market, right? Rappers stopped being the topic of the conversation till M.I. came. You know? So when P-Square and all of those guys started, that market, the, the way it, it was made for a certain type of people hmm. and those people are not rap fans. Hmm. You're not going to com- convert um, people that are at the bus stops and everything to start listening to, yeah. you know, high vocab like that. Yeah. Our targets should have been secondary schools, universities, do you understand? Hmm. Clubs. Yeah. You know, we should have made a market round and yeah. we would have built a culture hmm. with that. But everybody kept on going to Alaba and that was why I did not sell my first project with Alaba. I sold it myself and I went to schools, I went to, you know, I didn't know what I was doing then, but I can tell you now that it was just a feeling that my market is not there. How many people will? Although Alaba was still circulated, you know, and but look at where it's being circulated. Yeah. Look at the CD outlets. Is it for somebody that, you know, really listens to the best, you, those, the people that we are trying to target can get it is in traffic, hmm. you know? I I remember this um, era you're talking about slightly before MI and then post MI. Um, there was this time when um, rap music became so cool again. Majority of the biggest stars back then were rappers. So how did rap fall from grace again? 
So you're talking about um, when Storm came yeah, to see yeah, Chocolate yeah, City. Yeah, and the remixes and needed to have rappers. Unlike now where people think about remixes, the remixes and they, needed, don't, even, they don't even think about think rappers. Like, you know, when David featured this thing. So at that point, at that point now, everybody now understood that you can't rap rap. Rugged Man had come, you know, um, Idris had come and... They had done some two shots had come, mm-hmm. and they had done something. I remember having a conversation with Neto C, and the guy was like, oh "My guy, better put some Yoruba in there." <laughs> Do you understand? So you know, Walaita well, like, give me like that. It had to have something that the Afro pop guys to be able to adapt to that market. Mm-hmm. You know, it had to have it. You know, why that is now the problem is because. Right now, there is no formula. Somebody has not come to set mm. precedence that look, this is the way a rapper can sell, yeah. which is what Black Bones is trying to do. Do you understand? He's trying, but you know, he's trying to create something that if you do it this way, it will sell because no rapper is really hot right now, you know. Unless I'm talking about English rap now, yeah. Unless you know you want to do the which is still what I'm talking about, yeah. But sometimes his music to me sounds more like dancehall or anything else but actual rap, so So because he has tried, he's not trying to be a rapper again, yeah. Because, yeah, I I, I have no problem with that. One thing I never do is I do not interfere in any artist's creative process, yeah. I advise and I A and R. And A and R does not mean that's what a lot of people get wrong. It does not mean interfe- interfering in an artist's process. It means this is what he has, this is what he's doing. We can make it better. Yeah. Do you understand? So you your, the question is how did rap fall from grace? I did yeah. not even feel like I'll be having a rap conversation today because it's not something I'm excited to have. But um Music always has to change. If you think yeah. about Afrobeats, yeah. yeah. when it went from Kwang Kwang to nice I'm a piano, it keeps changing. Mm-hmm. Rap couldn't change. So we had borrowed some elements from Afrobeats. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. But we couldn't evolve past that. Right? Yeah. Trap came, you know, we could not create something round trap. Nobody, I'm not saying it's not possible. But nobody has. Nobody has created something that the fans are saying, this shit is really hot. And there was a time this um, uh, gyrate kind of hip-hop came. Um, I think Olamide did, um, what's the name of that song again? Then Vector did King Kong. You know, there, there was that. Then um, YC did. And then there was now, the people were now comparing the beats. And, mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. was another, mm-hmm. you know, you know, people copied that. Yeah. And then, you know, I think Zoro had a couple songs in that direction too. And I think even Fino had a couple songs in that direction. But I think it's kicked off from Olamide. What's the name of that song again that they were riding bikes all over the place? You know? Banjo Nuts. Yeah. Banjo Nuts, you know. So, it's, it's that, he's, you know, then we try to, but, um, Switch every time you try to take something off Afrobeats and you know because I remember where I think this came from. I think it came from like flavor. Do you understand? Mm. We try to borrow, but the game is moving. Like you can't keep borrowing from 
what the pop stars are doing because it's, it's moving so so before you jump on a shaku shaku and make it you know rappers are late because yeah. it has to start trending before you jump on shaku shaku and make it your thing it's moved again so for the guys that want to jump on what um i don't know how to classify it um what nara mali is doing it's already too late it has moved again so we now have this slow tempo this thing now i was listening to um uh Wiz Kids album and I called um a friend of mine I was I was saying like this is palm wine music like this is what these guys as they see and if you listen to a lot of rappers now when they want to be commercial they make palm wine music and palm wine music is big but it's not up up there big mm. so if if as they say at the I might not say pioneers, but if they are doing something that is working, yeah, you know, it's not up up there. So if you if you imitate it, you're you're you're, you're limited. Perhaps things like features have also um, been an issue because some days ago I was listening to um, Negaro and Clint the Drunk. Yeah. You know, like. Why did more rappers not get clicked to make hooks? Why did people not hook up with more singers? Because everybody like wants that? to do what Why? is hot. You know? Mm, everybody wants to do what is hot. Everybody wants to if it's working. Yeah. If Duncan Mighty is working, they'll get Duncan Mighty on the record. Do you understand what mm. I'm saying? If Davido is working, they'll get Davido on the record. But what that doesn't help the culture. Yeah. Because David is the person taking that song where it is going. Yeah, Mayoku is the person taking that song where everybody's listening to it because of them and they're not listening to it because of you hmm. and there lies the problem you have to create the music that works yourself or at least if you get that feature you're very prominent you're the, you're the one that people are listening to yeah. uh, uh, Ice Prince and Primo mm. I think that's, that was a balance mm-hmm. You know, we enjoyed Ice Prince. We enjoyed Primal. Undoubtedly, AQ, you are one of the very few who kept the good fight up. You know, do you sometimes feel like if more people went as hard as you did, the genre would still be as respected as it used to be? I mean... I, I, don't, I don't advise anybody to go as hard as I did. I went hard. Like, really hard. Yeah. I have a whole story behind how hard I went. Yeah. I believe people have gone through that part so to make things easier for younger people. The only problem that younger people are having is, you know, they don't listen too much and they don't get professionals on board. People that have gone through that experience. They just want who is hot. So I'm in meetings and I'm hearing a very young guy, just very, very young. He has not accomplished anything. He said, I want, I need Bizu to work on my project with me. <laughs> I'm like, do you understand? Like, Bizu is going to leave all the A, B, C that need him. And he's going to, you don't even have a budget, first of all. And then he's going to come down and say, okay, I'm going to work with this guy. <laughs> and, you know, which is possible. I mean, it happened with Oxlade, but what are you doing to get his attention? Do you understand? So, it, it um, E.G., I, um, 
can I say this? Alpha sent me a record yesterday. Mm. And in my head, I wanted to, you know, I looked at the Hedy's nominations and there was no Alpha there. In my head, I wanted to say, let me work on this project. You have, you'll be nominated next year for best album project if you let me work on this project. I know what they are looking for. I have the experience. I know how to craft hip-hop that they, it, it will... But I'm just like, ah, let me not go and say the one that... Because I, you, know, you feel like these guys just want to do what they want to do. I don't know where that mind state came from. I didn't want to say... I just said, you know, let me just... It's a song that I asked for. Let me just, you know, either say I'm doing the song or... I, I really wanted to say, look, if this is... If the reason why you hit me up to make a record shortly after um, the Headies nominations came out and you did not have um, a nomination, mm. if you want a nomination next year, yeah. I will make it possible. We'll go into the studio and we'll make that project that will, you know, I, I know that I can for any anybody that is good. Yeah. But I don't think it will be an offer that will be accepted. I know a lot of people listen to this and say, why didn't you try? Oh, I have tried many times, you know, and I wasn't listened to. So, you know, now if I get the call, I will come to you. If I do not get the call, I will make a day in my house, they face with another face. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 have, um, you have won so many hearts. No. Um, you have won so many hearts in this industry aside from being an artist. One of them is um label executive. Huge. How how did one hundred crowns come together? What necessitated that? Uh I think M wanted to M wanted to get me um on the label. Mm. That's Chocolate City. And um Looking at the contract at that time, I didn't just feel like it was a very good contract, but yeah. the work that I was going to put in, mm. it felt like starting again as a brand new artist. And even if a lot of people started really paying attention to me when I, when I got affiliated to Chocolate City, People that know my history know my history. And I felt like it was going to be a struggle for me because when you're working with a label, you have to make money for them. Now, it's different when you're making money for yourself. Quick math. Um, I'll sit back and let's say I make... Um, let's say I make five million for myself a year. Seven million a year. Right? It's my money. I can I can be in a 1.5, 1.8 million naira apartment, mm -hmm. 2 million if I if I want to live a bit, 2.5 I want to. Yeah. I can drive a 1.7 million naira car. I can live. But when a label is taking 70% of that, Okay, let's even say label. Let's say because of the label's efforts, right? You're making ten million, so you're making double of what I make. Yeah. Right. 
but the labor takes 70% of that. You're left with 3 million, you know, and you're still in the red. They probably have to recoup first, so they're taking the whole 10 million. Do you understand? I'm like, I'm already used to living, being my own man. Do you understand? Um, making money off the music. Mm -hmm. and Yes, they'll give you that advance, which is, you know, but keeping it at the back of my head that I'm owing this advance, then I felt like it will make me want to switch my music up a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, it will, it will challenge the things that I hold there. So I didn't, I didn't take the, the deal. Okay. But I, I'm like, why don't we just um, start um, something? Mm. You know, at that time, Blackbones was trying to meet them. Um, they had a conversation and blah, 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 blah. I brought Blackbones to the st studio. He played them um, a couple of records. They loved it. Everybody in Chocolate they loved it. But uh, that, that was the end of it. And so when, when I turned down my own deal, I was like, why don't we get Black Wounds on and start? Because I already told him about it before. I, I was challenging him. I was like, Chocolate City was the hip-hop place. What the fuck happened? Now, I'm not saying that the other artists, you know, were not talented or blah. I'm just saying that you don't have an arm for hip-hop anymore mm -hmm. when it was rappers that started this thing, you know. No disrespect to Jeremiah, but, you know, am I... Jesse, Ice, what's what's price? What's happening? Like no rapper on your roster, and it, you know, it's targets. It's the game. The game had changed. You you can't fight it. Like right now, I I cannot work with a rapper. If I if I'm telling myself that, oh, this gig that I just got, I need to bring. I'm going to I am going to fail. Because. As much as you want to be genius in everything that you do, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. There is no, there is no process. There is no strategy. There is no blueprint to follow. A lot of people listening will say, but is that not why you're who you are? You're supposed to create strategy. No, I have targets. It's one year, eight months. I mean, one year, six months. Mm. And I have a target what strategy can I pull up in one year, six months? So I have to, I have to look for pop artists. Do you understand? Mm. So I don't blame him for, he has targets as a CEO. You must go with the game. As a CEO, right? Now it depends on if you're doing a passion project. A lot of the things that I was doing for hip hop, Coronation, Mustaverse, Cyphers, they were passion projects, right? I knew and I still know how to make money from passion projects. Even my rap career has been a passion project. And that's why I said I was leaving the game. That passion is not, no longer you know, really there like that. You know, so I understood why you know, he had to s switch up a little. But for me, um, as a getting into the game then, I had a vision. And yeah. You know, 100 crowns was, was the vision. As much as it was passion, you know, it was money for me too. You know, and MI, of course, um, laid the framework of how they did it before. Yeah. You know, 
we were supposed to get um other artists they were supposed to be like you know, young money rockefeller you know so there is a way you can make it work but you need a, a heavy budget you need a heavy budget because i wouldn't say long term but you have to do a lot of things that will have impact and not have numbers you know mm. so for let me let me give an example um the 100 crown cipher that we did yeah it was very impactful where we got new rappers and everything and um but it didn't it didn't generate numbers okay so just understanding how everything works we started 100 crowns but when um when chocolate city switched um management yeah um the dream was no longer the way we we had it planned it was now i was now sitting in mi's position back then yeah to you have to get the numbers. You have to, nobody, you know, you have to get the numbers. Nobody's saying, you know, when I sit down and have a conversation with Emma, it's passion first, you know, where we're putting passion on the table, like, okay, we'll do it like this, we'll do it like, but this is how we need to get the numbers. And even yeah. if we don't get the numbers, you know, we can still sell to any company, like, oh, we can get impressions, we can, we can do this yeah. and still get in revenue. Do you understand? But yeah. when I'm sitting with the other side, yeah, it's, it's, it's a number thing. Yeah. Uh, that was how 100 Crowns uh, really popped out because it was more like just passion, you know, mm -hmm. and um, we we wanted to see this hip-hop thing yeah. become something else. So yeah. I was going to run with um, not just about um, the music, but try to create the culture. And then we did... Um, uh, we did Lamb August and then we did a coronation, you know, just to make people realize that um, hip hop can be on that level. We can have events, you know, we can, you know, do, we can shut down shows, we can do the numbers, we can have videos down the level of the biggest pop artists and everything and still generate revenue back. I mean, it was a lot of planning and everything and we were on our way, but, you know. Hmm. I've, I've had my doubts about signing with artist-owned labels in Nigeria, mm -hmm. especially when the owner is still in active duty because of the obvious clash of um, interests. How, how, what do you think about this generally? I think that's one of the problems that you would en encounter if you're an artist that owns a label mm -hmm. or is you know, heading a label. Yeah. Is that you have to be selfless because anything you do that favors you will be seen as, as selfish and is everything you do so you have to be selfless i remember we were given a certain budget to do two videos when we did um crown and when we did um bad boy black mm. we were given a certain budget and we knew that we couldn't split that that budget in, into two to do gang gang and 80 percent of it went to play black bones play and 20 percent went to um, gang gang hmm. now imagine if we had even done it 50 50 yeah and because it's hip hop gang gang video would somehow if we had done 50 50 gang gang video would be better than play do you understand because it's hip hop mm -hmm. and once rappers show up to a place even if it's just white background do you understand it's, 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 you, you feel me <laughs> then the artist starts to look at it like 
is a lie. This guy pushed more budget to their side or something. Mm. So, you know, sometimes you even have to make it feel like, so you have to downplay your your own quality. Yeah. You have to bring down your own quality so that the, the artist in your label just feels like you're taking them serious and, and everything. But you can't be artist, artist and mm. want to own a, a label yeah. if you don't have people managing their affairs. So y- your affairs should be different. People should manage their affairs totally, your own affairs, and people should manage the artist affairs so that they don't know what's going on with you and you don't know what's going on with them. All this family, family thing doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Is label business still profitable in Nigeria? I mean, would you advise your friend to use their last funds to start a label? So the label system, the label uh, uh, is going extinct. Okay. Um, as a as a record label right now, yeah, you you have to be less than a label. So you have to shed responsibilities. Mm. You have to maybe you can't be fully responsible for an artist anymore. Yeah. Because even before they come to you, they've been independent because independence is everywhere. You can record in your house and put it on iTunes right there. I can master a song and it's on iTunes tomorrow. Do you understand? So I just finished creating and it's already in distribution. Only me sitting down in one place with internet. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, for somebody like me, like, yo, do you have songs? I want to pay for those songs. I'm not saying I'm buying the songs, but the effort you use to make the songs. Mm. Do you understand? I can provide better distribution. Oh, you still want to use your distro kit? Okay, let me know when it's instead of being totally, let me know when you want it up so that I can follow up with pitching and all of those things. The way to work with artists now is you lead and I follow. The Hmm. label cannot lead anymore Hmm. because the artist is smarter than you right now. He knows everything that is happening on social media. He he has more insight on, on what is happening with his colleagues than you do because you can't spend that much time anymore. You don't have that much access anymore. He has the access because he's an artist. How many times are you on your Apple Music? You know, he's on his Apple Music 2-4. Anything that comes out, he's, you know, he's studying music. He's, you know, the internet has given them access. And they have the time. You still have to attend to business. So the artist leads, you advise and you follow. You know, that's, that's the... I mean, for me, you know, people might, you know, act mm-hmm. different. That's how... Rema can tweet, Jose Dikos, uh, Boss Brain, meet me in the studio right now. <laughs> Do you understand? It's not Jazzy that is saying, yo, uh, come to this place, you know, and let's make... It's the artist saying that. And when the record is ready, the label has to move. So I do not think that the way the label is structured or has been structured before can, can work for that. If you restructure your system and... Um, you use your funding to do the right things, you'll be successful. But if you use the old system, I think if you're not a very major label, you'll run at a loss. Um, have, having curated events with um, Mattel, Hennessy, Monster, and so on, what, what do these guys look out for? What gets them interested? You have, that's your job. When you're submitting your pitch, in your pitch, you have to point out their problem. Hmm. Right? 
So, for a monster energy drink, for example, mm. you're, you're not totally going to mention fearless, but you're going to put it in some way. And then you're going to create a pitch that is going to help them solve that problem yeah. of why fearless is doing better than them in the streets. Mm. Or you are going to submit a pitch that will enable monster energy dominate another part that fearless has has not gotten to that is how you get um brands on board you have to point out this, the problem they know the problem but they will not say anything but you have to let them know that you know their problem and you can create a solution to that problem not just creating a pitch that you want to do so 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 and they should come and sponsor it nobody's listening to that anymore that is why i feel like endorsements are going to be extinct soon hmm. brands are looking for partners they're not looking for somebody to just give them instagram post and, and go to bed unless you're that big you know so they, are, they, will, they will work with you if you can provide solutions and when i go to the table I go to the table with a shitload of solutions. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. What what did the Monster Verse Challenge reveal to you about the rap hip hop landscape in Nigeria? Why why did you decide to do the project? So w- when I when, when I told everybody about Monster Verse, they believed it was going to fail. I was probably the only one that was just, and it took a long time to set up, cause um. Actually, MI was the name that came up. It was the person that came up with the name Monsterverse. Mm. Because we wanted to give... The, the Mattel cipher was made for Monster Energy. You know, but for some reason, we gave it to Mattel. Mm. So I was, I was like, MI, what am I going to tell these Monster guys? Just tell them we'll give them something else. Uh, uh, Monsterverse, we'll give them... Just tell them that. Mm-hmm. So that was just to get them off. But when he just said that name, I was like, hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I now went back and I now created the, the Mustaverse strategy and, um, you know, I now gave it to them. And, you know, things happen for a reason. It was a social media strategy. Mm. So I was trying to let them know that they had social media. I tried to let, here's, here's a, this is free game. Yeah. Brands don't understand Twitter. <laughs> if you can submit a pitch that will solve their Twitter solutions, they will go for it because mm. they don't understand Twitter. So I, I was submitting a Twitter pitch to help them thrive on Twitter. Then the pandemic came and they had to do something in the pandemic on social media because they couldn't do their regular marketing rounds. And who else is there? <laughs> yeah. And that really worked, you know, because yeah. they, they, they were really heavily in the conversation as yeah. a result of that. Yeah. You know, so... um. Tell us about the Coronation Hip Hop shows. Why why did you decide to do it and what was the goal? Was was the goal achieved? The, the, it, well, I didn't I wouldn't say that we were we got there. We were getting there. Yeah. You know, it kept on getting better from I think we did seven, you know, from the first to the second to the third, you know, it kept on getting better. Um I will take full responsibility of it not getting there. Um feel like we, we didn't get there yet. We yeah. were getting there. Um, we needed funding, but we were getting funding from brands. At least the last one that we did, Monster Energy and Boomplay came on, mm. on board. Um, but we also needed people to believe in what we were doing. 
And when I say people, I don't mean the fans. The fans already believed with everybody we were working with. And um, I'm not putting, that's why I said I'll take full responsibility. I'm not putting the blame on anybody. Do you understand? Um, but when you're giving targets, right, you should make your passion projects meet targets. And I wasn't meet because Coronation was a free show. I felt like I could use sponsorship to, you know, generate the revenue that we were going to um, generate. I know how much of my money went into the, the coronation. Mm -hmm. You know, how much of Chocolate City's money. I'm, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, say that they didn't help out. But I wasn't generating enough because it was a free show. So we wanted to start the whole life thing and everything. But they have targets, you know, and you know if they feel like. I'm, nobody pulled the plug on it, but I just understood that I'm just adding to my um, to my uh, revenue, not mm. revenue, to my debt, you know, to my losses yeah. going on with the coronation, you know, and I had to just give it a break and go back to re-strategize. But before I could do that, you know, the whole living chocolate it just came yeah. up. And, yeah. I don't think I want to do that right now. Mm. Okay. Your 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 partnership with Beats by J is really something. Yeah. You know, how how did you guys um meet? You know? I, I met Beats by J when I was seventeen. He, I went to King's College, he went to King's College. Uh, he met me um I was coming out of his studio and he was mm. in King's College uniform and he was like, he wants to produce for me. Hmm. And I'm looking at this kid like, what do you mean? He said, um, he's going to like, um, I was like, okay, where's your studio? He said, he doesn't have a studio. I was like, so how are you going to produce for me? He said, he just needs a laptop. I said, where's your laptop? He said, he doesn't have a laptop. But if I can be patient, he'll go and borrow a laptop. And I'm <laughs> like, do you, do you think every laptop is for sound? Where are your softwares? So my man just pulled out one um, software like that and Fruity Loops and it's like, so I was like telling him, then I was working with um, Michael, yeah. now in your last manager. And I was like, um, we are, we are here because we are going to get lunch. Whenever you finish the beat, come and meet us here and everything. This guy borrowed a friend's laptop, installed the system, and, you know, guy showed up. He had finished the beat in like 15 minutes. <laughs> I was like, you're done. He said, yeah, it's done. He played it. Do you know wow. that I left everything I was doing? I went back to the studio to record that song. Wow. It's a song called XXX. I think it's still on the internet. <laughs> and that was the first thing that he did. And there was just something about the sound that was different. And I was like, you made this with just... You didn't even have um, external plugins and the samples, you know, and all of that. You made this with just um, that beat. Hmm. I mean, just that software and that laptop. Yeah. I'm like, so I don't thought to myself, what would now happen if you get this guy into a big studio? And from then on. Wow. That has it's been, been that's, a, that's a beautiful partnership. Yeah. Um, Eku, you have been through the um, album EP making um, cycle yeah. a few times. A lot of times, actually. Um, what hacks or tricks can you share with us about making, making a successful album? There is just Or a good album. There is just one thing mm. that I do. You want the album to be you. Mm. You want it to be your experiences. Yeah. You want it to tell a story and mm. you have it you want it to have a theme. Mm. So that when somebody is listening, mm. it doesn't 
go astray. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're not feeling... Because albums give you feelings. For example, you don't listen to Nas just... You f- you, there's a particular feeling that makes you want to listen to Nas. There's a particular feeling that makes you want to listen to Pac. There's a particular feeling that makes you want to listen to Usher. But, you know, music, ha- music has mood. So you want to set the theme of your album to have, to make somebody feel a certain way. You know, and that's why I feel like, that's why I said that this album will be my last album because it doesn't work in the playlist era anymore. You know, because the difference is that when we used to listen to albums, if you, if you buy a Jay-Z album, Let's say you buy the blueprint. Mm. You can listen to it only three times in your life, but Jay-Z has made that money. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you feel like listening to that Jay-Z, the mood that the album gives you, you got into that mood only three times in your life. Mm. But Jay-Z has made that money from you. Yeah. But in the streaming era, if I listen to Jay-Z only three times, <laughs> do you understand? So the streaming era needs continuous daily play mm. at least for a period of time mm. so you must make music that gets people in daily mood mm. that's why you have um gym music running music workout music you have you know drive music you, mm. you have all of that mm. you can't just make music that gets you into one mood mm. you know so look loki your 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 video catalog is super impressive especially for a nigerian rapper how how did you pull that off and did it give you an edge in some way? Visuals, right? Visuals yeah. are important to me, but um how you move the visuals is important too. Mm. So at a point in my life I just figured out that YouTube is not getting me what I want. Okay. So I created something called social media releases. Mm. So I want to put as much as the video on social media. So is direct marketing mm. so that somebody gets a feel even if he doesn't see everything but Twitter allows um, 2 minute 20 mm-hmm. Instagram allows IGTV yeah you know so you, I want to give you so my numbers that I'm counting I'm counting them on I'm not even counting the numbers like I want to have more people see the yeah. video and direct mar- yeah. marketing is let the work stand a chance yeah, yeah. Easy, easier for me because I mean, you're just scrolling through and you see it. It's better than just having it fixed in one place and you now have to drive traffic to, to that place. Hmm. Wow. Let's, um, let's talk about your new business venture. We hear you're in business with um, Africori. Yeah. What's all that about? So um, I, I believe that um, one thing that is missing for the industry, uh, from the industry is that we, we just let young guys, upcoming artists, find their way. Yeah, you know, and then when they find their way, we are now at their door, and we are now trying to um, get them in. So, the thing that my motto for this project is this: is everybody is interested in a clean house. I want to be the person that sweeps the floor. Yeah, right. So we want to go into the dirt and find the germ there. You know, the diamond mm. in the dirt. And mine it. We want to educate. We want to empower. Then we want to give exposure hmm. to the artist. That's the formula. That's what we want to do um, with this artist. Um, we have funding from Africori and yeah. a partnership deal with them for distribution. And um, uh, I mean, we are looking out for the best artists. We want to inject as 
much in a year from uh, that platform. It's an accelerator platform, actually. Yeah. An incubator slash accelerator platform. So if you are on your way, but you need, you need to get there faster, we can help you. And then we can help you get on your way. Incubator slash wow. acceleration, you know. You it's funds that is the problem now. So funds and strategy, basically, because I found out we're working with a lot of um, distribution platforms that a lot of the up young artists we gave money did not do anything with it. They they could not use the money. I mean, I can't give you all the money you want. Yeah. But how much did I have? I had practically nothing. So we want to give you as much and then for the artists that we gave as much as we had working with other um, aggregators, yeah. they didn't do much. So we need to create the strategy for you and then move with the strategy. So um, finally, AQ, um, many who started on this um, journey the same time as you did have exited the industry for many real reasons. Why are you still in the game? And... Um, how have you managed to thrive in such a difficult business? It's not a wise advice, but I didn't have a plan B. I did not have a plan B. It was either <laughs> this or nothing. It's not a wise strategy. But when you do not have a plan B, plan A has to work. I can't go into all the details because it's a long but it answers the question. A lot of people had plan B, plan Bs when they came in. So when it was not really working, yeah, just... I did not have a plan B. I loved music so much. It was everything to me. And um, I needed to make it work one way or the other. So plan A, I mean, I'm, it has not totally worked, but it's working. Oh, it has. And your, your, your how many projects? Deep 12? That's a lot. Like, how do you even get the motivation to keep coming every time, every time, and then upgrading the sound? Because some of those people who started when you started, they can't even hop on 2020 beats. Learning now to appreciate small wins. Hmm. No matter how small the win is, holding on to it and learning to appreciate it. Understanding your flaws. If somebody criticizes you, don't lash out at him. You know? Just take it in. Mm. Listen. Find out if he has an element or if she has an element of truth in it mm. and try to improve on it. I listen to my old records and I tell myself that what people were saying was true. You know, I improved on them. And then, you know, if you do all of that, you know, you stay in the boots long enough. If you can survive the boots long enough, you must see where the land is. It would... Every current is going to the land hmm. it will take you to the land <laughs> so just stay there survive it survive the seasickness survive everything that it throws at you wow and if you can survive it long enough to some people the journey is shorter the boat will see the land quicker mm -hmm. or you see a ship alongside that will help them hmm. get there you're you're a success story you're an inspiration you're an important person in the game and that's why you're on this show man aq thank you so much thank you for 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 coming on the podcast thank you it's been we a long time you. coming thank i you. appreciate you to everything thank that you. you're doing <laughs> thank you i'll find artists for me <laughs> <laughs> no wahala <laughs>